This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And now your host, TJ. So take three of the return of the mini dad soccer pod. I'm your host, TJ, and tonight I'm only joined by Hat. Why is it take three when we're take one and take two? Well, take one was two weeks ago. It was pretty well just it wasn't a good show. So I never so I never uploaded it. As for Wait a minute. This whole show we did last week, you didn't upload? I just hooked my computer back up today. No. I'm glad right. I'm glad you listen. I'm glad you listen. So it's been a while since the public has heard a minivan dad soccer pod. Is that correct? That that is correct. And we've been doing shows. We've done two of them. And then after the other one, I. TJ's just not feeling them. No, no. That one, I really was feeling like death and wanted to die. That's true. You got sick. And then and then we went to our D license USSF course together. And I stayed in a hotel room with you. So I'm sure that. my time with the coronavirus or whatever you had. Uh, it's if coming. You're it, you would have had it by now. Yeah. And speaking of coronavirus, we are missing. We are missing one of our triumvirate. Um, coronavirus. Chris will not be joining us tonight as he fights off the coronavirus itself. I know it's not the coronavirus. I believe it's just a heckle. Maybe it's just a heckle. Nobody knows. Is the it coronavirus? It is conspiracy. It conspiracy. Chris is, yeah. has fallen ill and. Will not be joining us this evening. So, so I mentioned, our, is your homework in? Have you uh, has uh, Greg Berhalter called you and awarded you a USSFD license yet? My homework is in. I have not heard from from Triple G yet. TJ I and have... I are both D coaching license candidates through the United States Soccer Federation. We did our work. We did our first weekend in Wisconsin. We did our second weekend in Wisconsin. We did our revisions on our homework and now it's just a matter of time finding out if we have been accepted into the club it's it's a, it's a pretty fair bet that we'll make it that we'll survive but you know was, i feel like we weren't the bottom of the class no and i was in that regard i was on that honestly surprised me and the reason i say that is because as we mentioned earlier i, I got sick at the end of the week so when everything was due I'm laying, I'm laid out sick, you know, violently, my stomach just destroying my, destroying my will to live for a couple of days. And I get, we, but we get up there Friday, up there Friday. I finish everything up that was necessary to finish. And I wrote a story about Bobby Shuttleworth while you were finishing everything up. You did. That was time in old town. That was, that was, uh, that was done at a. Buffalo Wild Wings in Appleton, Wisconsin. So That's correct. That is where the Bobby Shuttleworth story was written. Buffalo Wild Wings in Appleton, Wisconsin. You can be sure that that's the only hot time story I will ever write at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Appleton, Wisconsin. This And this is true. But come Sunday afternoon, as we're getting ready to leave, we get the impression that there are a few that hadn't turned in assignments yet. And the we'll just say the classroom instructor's they weren't real happy about it, we'll just say. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to go through that level of work. 
that they put you through, it is not a minor say, you know, whatever you think of the, the Federation, it's not a minor achievement to get this, uh, coaching badge because it's, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of homework and a lot of revisions and a lot of ideas and and writing and other things that you have to do. And some of the, it's also not cheap to be in the class. No, there was, there was a lot of, a lot of reflection. Yeah. Apparently some of our classmates just didn't do the homework. So, um, I'm, you know, for those who just straight up aren't doing it, I'm pretty, I'd be pretty sad if they still were awarded the license because it does kind of minimize our work because we actually did do the work, but, um, maybe we did it poorly. I don't know. I haven't heard. No, we haven't. I have a feeling we're fine. I, I do too. And for those who haven't ever looked up the class, the D license, it is 40 to 45 hours of in-person classroom time. And with, that was done over two weekends with six to eight weeks in between for reflection slash coaching mm-hmm. and reflecting on the coaching you're doing in the interim. Lots and of reflecting. Reflect, lots of reflecting. And then you go back for another weekend. And that's so that combined. So the first weekend was about 25 hours. The second weekend was about 20 hours or 15, almost 20 hours and. So, I mean, it's two really intense weekends with some reflection time and coaching and everything. And probably, I'd say, what, maybe 10 hours of homework in between? Probably, yeah. Not, and not counting, uh, not counting coaching time. I mean, I'm just right. actual time. Yeah, work. it's like, like paperwork, like uh, drawing up session plans and stuff like that. But I will tell you this, TJ. Sure. This is going to be an Emmy-level segue I'm about to pull here. Uh, some of the very principles that we are learning in the D license course, which we are to use with our U8 teams here at, uh, here in the Western suburbs of Illinois, uh, Chicago are the very same principles that the head coach of the Chicago fire, Raphael wiki talked to me about today in a sit down interview I had with him. That that's, that's an Ebby monster transition. Yeah. That's a segue right there. That is. That was a phenomenal segue. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what you're what you're telling me is you spent the day at the fire training at the fire training I did. complex. Interview. I was at uh, which, the, if you don't know, the fire still train at the old stadium in Bridgeview. Today they were not playing on the they were not training on the stadium field. They were in the bubble right next door because it is cold and snowy and crummy outside, if you will. Uh, I got to watch a bit of their session. They looked. Uh, happy and loose and smiley and and seemed like they were uh enjoying being there which is something that i talked to Raphael wiki about it's it's very 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 important to him and i'll i'm planning a bigger piece later this week on hot time about this but he he's trying to create a culture where the players maybe not everything's fun but they actually enjoy being together at training. Maybe they don't like running sprints or maybe it's maybe some players do and some players don't fun can be different, but he wants an enjoyable, inclusive culture um, where everybody is there to work for each other. That's that's, and it's, he get he goes into great detail about his theories on this and that is what the story will be about. So I'm not going to give you everything in it. Um, but, uh, a bit of news, uh, 
uh, included in this uh, culture he's trying to create would be, in theory, a captain, which I wrote about in Hot Time a couple of weeks ago, some people that I thought might make a good captain of the Chicago Fire. And I found out today that he's not going with a captain, at least not. He has a leadership core, a leadership group of guys. You, you've seen some of the guys wear the armband in preseason. Guys like Calvo and Crownholm Dig, CJ Sapong, yep. Johnny B um, are all included in that. He expects you... that Gaston Jimenez will be, when he gets here, a leader. He he praised his qualities when, the, when they announced his signing, uh, not just technical ability, which, I mean, maybe he would get beat by a guy five out of ten times in 1v1s. I don't know, but... Um, well, but only but only Twitter if he's, reference. you know, only Twitter reference. And those, Twitter yeah, reference. for those who aren't... Oh, boy. Um, a reti- yeah, an old retired, out-of-shape player could be guest on Jimenez five out of ten. Was he, it Jimenez five out of ten? Yes, it was. And if he can, then we're in big trouble. That's all I'll say. Um I don't think that's the case, though. Uh, but yeah, he Wiki talked about um, the, this leadership core, and he even mentioned Georgie Mihaljevic as a guy who he may not be, you know, old, but he carries himself in a way that that makes him a leader on the team. So he's he's not super. There'll probably be a captain. There could be. Uh, there'll be people wearing the armband every week, but there, there and there may be an official captain named at some point. But um, he's more about the the leaders and you know, which I think is actually a good idea because he's new and they're new and there's a lot of new going on. And why just pick somebody to pick them when you don't really have to let the leaders emerge. It's interesting that you mentioned Georgie Mahalovich in this, and this leadership core as, as you've said, but yeah, he's only 21, but looking through the roster and Veronica Kapelhoff maybe have been there as long in terms of somebody who's been with the, with the club. George, yeah. Georgie's right. He's right at the edge of at the top of that. Number she one, is. number two, when you want somebody who understands Chicago, soccer in the city of Chicago on this team, he's probably the most qualified in that sense. He is. So yeah. and, and, and you I, get the we, sense that, yeah, he, I, I could see him thrown in that mix. Definitely. And I would not be shocked if there's a, a match where he wears the armband because, you know, he is also the only U.S. international on the team because CJ's not really played with the national team in a long time and, and Bornstein's retired from that. So sure. um, he is. And, sh- and, and, Shuttleworth. and Shuttleworth hasn't been there in a while either. He had a few calls, didn't he? He did. I think he did. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's so, you know, that, that carries some weight to it. Um, he's, he's also, he, he made a joke today, um, which made uh, the PR person cringe. But he, he joked that uh, when he heard about the GN deal, that he was kind of excited that he, he could cancel ESPN Plus now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> which had everybody just rolling and, uh, you know. He's like, that, I can say that. Funny. I can say that, right? It's true. It's, it, but, um, it, it was pretty funny. He's he's a pretty good character. His, it, you know, I I know his dad a little bit through 
coaching circles in the western suburbs his dad's also a big you know kind of funny bold character so it doesn't surprise me that georgie is as well but um but yeah it's it's uh it looks like it's going to be a crop of uh captains perhaps at least to start the season also i will tell you uh it did not appear to me that cj sapong trained today and uh I am hearing that there may be some kind of injury issue there. I don't know the exact details or how long he might be out for. If at all, he might be fine. Uh, Maybe they're just trying to figure out how to categorize this, but I would expect some information on that to come out at some point. Um, But yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that. uh, And and I asked you this before we, I asked you this before we went live and I think you've probably, I'm, I'm pretty sure this has come up in hot time, but it's easier just to kind of put it in front of everybody too, is out of all these new signings in the last week, will any of them be ready for, for this weekend? No. Um, so they all have to get three things done before they can come here. And they're in various stages of this. They need a P1 visa, they, which are being As best I can tell, the Trump administration is not kicking those out as quickly as the government has in years past. So everybody, not just the fire, not just MLS, everybody's kind of waiting on visas longer than they're used to. Uh, Two, they need their transfer certificate to go through. Uh, And three, they uh, all need to clear medicals. And so... um, some of these players, and I don't know at what stages everybody's in right now, but some of the players are still in their home countries waiting for these things to <clears throat> go through. So all the signings have been announced, and there are, if everybody was on the roster right now, um, there would be nine internationals for eight international slots. So Elliot Collier or someone else would need to go out in, on loan until Elliot Collier's green card cleared he was not at the la galaxy game because he was back in new zealand getting that taken care of and from everything i'm hearing that's imminent so it may be cleared up by the time that it even matters but if it's not somebody can go on loan or the fire can trade for another international slot if they have to which i don't think they would have to in this regard because elliot's about to drop off the list so uh but yeah to answer your question all four so jimenez aliceda Stojanovic and Sekulic mm-hmm. are all waiting, and none of them will be available for Seattle, as best I can tell. Miguel Angel Navarro is with the team. He was okay. there for the final game in Los Angeles. He didn't play, but uh, he I suppose there's an outside chance he could play in Seattle. Okay, I, and that's that was kind of what I was looking for, was where, where are they at with all the, in that process? So that's that's good information. Um, also, fire news today. Uh, they released the white jersey. Yeah, I, we knew this was uh, this was the jersey. This they I think Brian Sandalo noticed it first. They put out a MLS puts out at these like um, little basically Dropbox files with photos in it for the media that need stuff. And those pictures of CJ wearing the white Jersey were in there. So um, this has been out for quite a while. Uh, what happened here obviously was, was that in the fall, when they realized they were going to do the rebrand and they were going to need two new jerseys instead of one, 
they were able to put a little more tender loving care into the homecoming kit, the blue one, and it's still a stock, uh, stock template, but they were able to, you know, put their own color spin on it. Uh, the white one is just a off the rack. It is the same jersey that your local club might wear. Um, and so there's like for people complaining about, well, there's no thought or no design. These things take two years and they had a few months. And so sure. you, and, at that point, you get what you get. And and it's fine. I, I lo- And again, the, all the problems in the world, though, to that media team for how they how they, they introduced two, it. two very cool things. They got the plain white tees, a Chicago band to introduce the jersey that is a plain white t-shirt, which is very funny to me. And two, they've got these patches that are going to go on the jock tag. This is the one way they can personalize it. And so they're taking that. There's going to be 12 different Chicago-themed patches that you can get if you buy the the jerseys at Soldier Field or if you can just buy the standalone patches if they have any left. Um, The two that we saw today, one, one said stand for Chicago with the flag. And the other that has people just drooling is this one where it's a uh, it's the lantern. It says 1871. There's a little Chicago star hidden in it. It's very cool. And a lot of people said the same thing today, that if we are going to see another new crest in the future, something along those lines would be an excellent choice. A lantern is a fantastic idea, I think. So I want to get the lantern patch. It is the patch that will be worn for the home opener, and I will be there covering it, but I will get my hands on that thing. I want that. It's very cool. So props to them for making the best of a otherwise boring situation. Sure. But as I told you back in January on Twitter, some people didn't believe me, but I told you the fire would have two new jerseys this year, and they would be clean. There's nothing cleaner than that white T-shirt they've got. So, nope. And that cat's anus stands out like, like it should, right? <sighs> it's growing. It is. It is literally, not literally. That's the wrong word. No. Uh, it is figuratively growing on me. It's not literally growing on me. That would be disgusting. But it is uh, figuratively. <laughs> I, I am. It's growing on me. I, I like it more. Now, I was staring at it today in the lobby of SeatGeek when I was waiting for Raphael Wiki to come over. Uh, and I I don't know. I could live with it if I had to. Well, it, and here's, and as we've said on this show countless times, I don't know how many of them make the air, but if they win, a lot of that's going to be forgotten. That's that's kind of it. If you win in the Catanus logo, right. the Catanus logo then Ooh, becomes I, part of the winning... Part of I the winning. would be excited. Yeah, I would be excited to, if if there's a second star above it. Yeah, leave it. Um, I'll, I'll even talk about. Go ahead. The story on Hot Time that did more clicks than any other story I think since I've taken over. The Arlo White story. You know what? You seem to have be on the front lines of this one. You. I don't know if you have insight, if it's speculation, but there's definitely seems to be some truth to this. So I, I think this is worth jumping into, even though it's, it's a little bit, it's not a new story that's out rumor that's out there, but it is out there that the team, the play by team play team on WGN this year for at least some of the games will be one Arlo white 
And then the other he, is r- rumored to be Mike McGee, correct? The Mike McGee, McGee rumor, I've seen it on Twitter. I have nothing to back that up other than the okay. fact that it would be a cool idea. Um, but there is definitely something to the Arlo White thing. And I, I had been, you know, if, there's a lot here to unpack. But sure. the reason I wrote the story is we had been hearing the rumor uh, you've seen it on, on Twitter and some other places that, that Arlo White is going to be involved with, with calling Chicago Fire Games on WGN to some degree. Um, I do not expect that he would leave his job as the, the number one announcer for the NBC Premier League coverage. So that yeah, that's not happening. I don't think, and this is speculation, but I do not think that Arlo White would be a full-time play-by-play guy for the fire. I do think that since Arlo White likes spending summers in Chicago, that it makes pretty good sense that he would call some of the games for the fire. So we'll find out. And there may not be anything to this, but this these rumors were all over the place. And then Arlo decides to throw a one, not even one second, it was a split-second photo in his Instagram story of him. It almost looked like a a flash frame in television when there's a bad edit of him wearing this fire t-shirt. Um, and it's so it's a t-shirt it or scarf. It's a t-shirt. Okay. Um, it's the same. It's a, it's in the, the fanatics store. That's one of the few that they have available right now, but the one that says Chicago fire FC on the front of it. But yeah, so Arlo puts that in there. Obviously Arlo is a big Chicago sports fan, you know, a, a Bears fan, long time, and, and a Cubs fan throughout the first pitch at Wrigley last year. But, I mean, until now, if he was an MLS fan, you would say he's a Sounders fan because that's who he did uh, work for before he went to NBC. So um, I don't, uh, I would not be surprised if we hear that Arlo is going to be involved in the broadcast team in some capacity. As for the Mike McGee rumor, I know nothing about it. Other than to say that, I think he'd be really good at it. So I hope it is him. Yeah, I, I agree. If you're, and again, back to that whole premise of you want to have somebody who is tied into Chicago soccer, and he, like we talked about Georgie earlier, you don't get much more Chicago soccer right now than Mike McGee. Um, I so would I think, expect yeah. that we will have the answer to this soon. Maybe well, even by the time you're listening to this. So true. Um, we, this might all be dated this, material. Yeah, right? we're recording this Wednesday night, um, and I have nothing. Sometimes I do get a heads up if there's going to be an announcement the next day. I have nothing right now, um, but uh, but I would expect it's coming soon. So because they don't need it for this weekend, because this weekend's on National Network ESPN. But I think the following weeks on WGN, so um, they're gonna need. We're gonna need to know something. Sure. Soon. You're right. And all right. Did we, so, is there anything else on the fire? Did we kind of cover that? Pre- is there anything else that we're missing? I guess we can preview. <coughs> Hot time will have tomorrow or Thursday by the what? So it'll be the day we drop this. Uh, Ruben's coming out with a preview. Yeah, there's a he basically a lot of us filled out this questionnaire player to watch 
prediction for the season, biggest worry, that sort of thing. So you'll see that. Everybody who writes for the site chimed in. Uh, so that should be out tomorrow. Um, yeah, and the I will have the Raphael Wiki story for you. I don't think tomorrow, maybe, but maybe um, very soon. So sure. He's a and very, then, I will tell you, that he's a very cool guy. Good. He's a I, very, he's, he's got hair. Like, he's got better hair than Chris does. Well, and that, that's a lot. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got better hair than me. But sure, uh, he's got better hair than Chris. Wow. I'm talking that's... like Kyle Martino pre-divorce issues. Kyle's Whoa. got it buzzed down. But, like, Kyle had, like, that beautiful mane, when, especially when sure. he had the mustache. He looked like Ron Burgundy over the winter. <laughs> uh, Raphael Wicke's hair is that good. And this is after a training session. He shows up. I mean, I know he wasn't fully training, but he's very involved in the training. He's not coaching from the sidelines, and he's not screaming at people. He's he's in it with with his guys. So, um, yeah, you'll find out more about him, who our new uh, leader is here in Chicago very soon. So, um, MLS's twenty fifth year. Yeah, like there was kind of a media. Date. Well, I don't know if it was a media day type thing or if it was just that Bob Bradley before LAFC's match tomorrow night. Yeah, it, he said the media day thing was today. Um, Beckham was there and Garber. And, and by the way, Garber said today, apparently, that uh, I think Paul Kennedy reported this, that uh, he's expecting thirty to 40,000 for the Soldier Field opener. Last little fire note there. 30 to 40,000. Right. 30, 40, 30 to 40,000. Yeah. And then fifty thousand and fifty thousand in Nashville. Yeah, uh, I can't speak to Nashville, but I I feel like that might be a little optimistic for Chicago, especially if it's crap weather. It's nice if it's nice. I can see that number happening. So they're giving away a lot of tickets through different means. They're making them. They're making. It's sort of like what the Red Stars did after the uh, national team players came back last year. A lot of the NWSL teams did this. They they tried to basically gave you tickets or, or they were very cheap or there was a deal or whatever, try to pack the place. And so the fire are making a very smart move to try to make that happen. Um, but yeah, there was this media day thing today. Uh, Golden Balls was there. Um, Got, uh, the new, the new anthem the was new released the, today. The new anthem is intense. It is um, done by Hans Zimmer. Yeah, like it, it feels like you're in uh, one of the the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Right. It's yeah, always just... darkest before the dawn. <laughs> so we had that. Did, um, I did Bane's voice for the wrong quote, but you get what I'm saying here. Yeah, pro- pretty much. Um, Bob Bradley thinks that MLS needs pro- pro-rel. Bob Bradley might think that way i if you think that's going to happen i got a bridge i got a bridge in brooklyn to sell you i'm telling you. i don't think that's going to happen but i don't disagree totally with what bob said i he i thought bob had a lot of good points in that uh, explain explain yourself because i i don't agree but explain yourself on this one the biggest one for me is the the homegrown thing like if if an mls team doesn't want to have an academy they shouldn't have to if they want to have a great academy, they should be able to. And if a player 
wants to go play a player from the Chicago area wants no part of the fire and wants to go play in for LAFC say for Bob, because they think he thinks that Bob is a better fit and that's a better team for him. Then he should be able to the, the, I, I, I thought that was a, a, uh, really good idea that MLS should take the handbrake off in that regard. Um, I see the way he, he, he mentioned a number of things before he eventually got to, and then pro rel, I don't think pro rel's ever going to happen in MLS. Even Garber has said, I don't, I don't think Garber he, is, he, Garber, Garber was asked shot down today. the, the MLS he shot it down thing. today. Yeah, yeah. They said, um, if they, happen. if they grow beyond the, what is it? The current 30 to 30 or beyond the current yeah. 30 to 32. Will they, will they look at instituting? He's, and he's flat out said no. And I think it's way more likely that they would in some capacity merge with the Mexican league. Correct. And then, which has also gotten rid of pro rel, which they have. And the top clubs in Europe have been clamoring to get rid of pro rel for actually that's been going on for years now that they're looking yeah. at escape clause on that for, for an out on that. And eventually, I think what's going to happen is they're going to do what they do. They, they're going to bully UEFA into saying, we're going to do this. You can either be a part of it and take your cut from it, or we can do it anyway. And that's kind of this, uh, I believe they used to be called the Group of Eight, and I don't know what they're called anymore. But they, they have that much power, and it, it's the big club. It's Barcelona. It's Man United. It is the top of the top that kind of dictate terms to UEFA at some point. Because if you want the money that they bring in, you have to play ball with them. That's why they made some changes in the Champions League to make sure these top clubs had a better chance of surviving, you know, of going into the knockout stages. And a few years back, and it's the same thing. With the amount of money that is involved, Pro Rel won't happen here. Um, again, can you But it's different it? than Bob thinks that it should. You can think you can think that it should and also think that it won't. I, I would like to see it here, and I know it will never happen. Fair enough. I, I, guess, fair, I guess that's fair enough. But, yeah, I, I guess to me it's one of those, I'd like to have a million dollars. I know I'm not going to have that either. So it's one of those I don't spend a whole lot of time in my life thinking about or contemplating or worrying about. So that's why Neither I kind of... And that's why I, I'm curious to why that comment even came out other than he's probably maybe he's pushed towards it. But it's like, I don't understand that fully. He, so. he prefaced it with something like, I'm going to have some controversial comments now or something like that. It was a very Bob thing. Sure. Too. So and then. When the, the other big question that this is from the SI article that Grant Wall had posted today. How long do you think before MLS starts catching up to these other leagues? And what Jack's, other leagues? To the top, the top European leagues. Jack said ten, ten more years, because um, that would put it after the twenty. You know, getting another under the presumption they get another big kick after the twenty twenty six World Cup. Greg Vanny, fifteen plus years. Bruce Arena. Um, says he thinks by the 50th anniversary it'll be the top league in the world. Now, Bruce has always been bullish on MLS, so that kind of makes sense. In 25 years, and the amount of money that the ownership will be kicking in, 
possible. Um, Carlos Vela didn't really give an answer. Joseph Martinez, kind of the same thing. So just kind of a few takes on that. Uh, any of them stand out to you or, it, it's, or kind of what you expect? I, I don't. I think the problem is that MLS has grown so much, right? Sure. But so is the Premier League. MLS is growing, but it's not growing while the other leagues are. St- I mean, you could argue Syria's dropped because it went. I, I think most people would say in the mid 90s, Syria was probably the biggest league in the world. And now you could sure. argue it's fifth or fourth if you're going to, depending on where France falls in that. But, but certainly England, Germany, and Spain are probably ahead of Syria. Mm-hmm. So some so of the big live five leagues there there's been some movement but um it, to say that MLS is maybe MLS is is growing a little faster but they're also growing so it's it it, it doesn't I don't feel like it's going to be the biggest league in the world ever in our lifetime and and I you know and I, and I, agree. And I, don't I actually that, agree, I agree with you on that. I, I do agree on that. I don't think that's necessarily a terrible like we, we have this idea that it, it must as long as it keeps growing here, I don't really care where it is in relationship to the other leagues in Europe because I like those leagues too. I, I, I just want I guess I just want it, soccer here to continue to grow. Sure that's, and I, Wherever here's wherever my, it falls, then that's fine with me. Here's my question out of all in that question. I don't know if it's comment, whatever. You, and I think you're I, you you I think you're right. It, I don't think it gets to the top leagues in the world. But why does it have to be an all or nothing thing? Right. And and how and there and this is to me one of the biggest problems with soccer twitter as a whole why does it always have to be an all or nothing thing why can't i like the premier league like watching the bundesliga like watching syria here and there like watching mls usl why do i have to have one league that stands out above everything else god there was a tweet yesterday uh that i saw where the argument was basically i will never watch mls because i don't want to watch anything that's a my minor league i only watch major league top level sports also i love college basketball and i love college football and the, the point was that americans have no problem loving college basketball and college football but the same people will turn around and say i would never watch mls because it's the not not the top league in the world i like mls i think it's fun and it's here it's our league so I, you and it does not mean that I don't watch other leagues. I think the Premier League is fantastic, and I love Arsenal, as everyone knows. I I think the Bundesliga is maybe the most exciting and enjoyable league in the world to watch. I'll watch the Champions League every chance I get, especially if Barcelona's on, because I like to watch Messi. It doesn't mean I I can't love watching MLS as well. You can watch a college game, a college basketball game, or an NBA game and appreciate both. Why can't I appreciate MLS and the Premier League? It, do, it doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing thing, like you said. 
No, but speaking of Champions League, I don't know if this is a good segue or anything else. Did it make you happy to see Sergio Ramos pick up the 26th red card of his career today? Yes. Yes. To me, to me, is there anything fire than Ramos picks up a red card? <laughs> Maybe Pepe, but... I also, uh, it didn't make me as happy as it did when um, Serge Nabry tweeted London is still red after Bayern beat Chelsea. <laughs> I don't I know that he'll ever play for Arsenal again, but the fact that he goes out of his way to troll Arsenal's rivals when he goes in with Bayern and does well and beats them in the Champions League makes me really love the guy. So props to you, Serge. Is that just me, or is Byron kind of jack-stomping everybody in London this year? Byron could win the Champions League this year. And in a year that they were supposed to be out of the Bundesliga race, they're probably going to win that too. Although Robert Lewandowski's out for four weeks with some sort of injury, which means Thomas Muller is going to be probably your striker. But, they, I mean, realistically, they probably won't miss him in the return leg against Chelsea. I mean, going to Bayern, what, up no. 3-0? Yeah. I don't, I don't see that and one. Thomas Muller, uh, Lewandowski's superhuman, so he'll be back sooner than expected, I would think. Um, is he? Yeah, is Lewandowski, would you put him on the superhuman level of Zlatan, or he's superhuman yes. and, and Zlatan is just a deity? I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Bayern's doing great. Speaking of MLS, Alfonso Davies is, is suddenly one of the best outside backs in the world now. Imagine that. Not Liverpool level or, or even his, his tag team partner of, of Joshua Kimmich, but he's, he's right there. He's just below them. Um, yeah, Alfonso Davies is, is, uh, which is kind of crazy that you know MLS puts or you know America puts all Canada. our chips at puts all our chips in the Christian Pulisic basket and Alfonso Davies is probably better. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, 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 Alfonso Davies doesn't get hurt when the wind is right, unlike unlike Mister Pulisic. There, is, but. are we at the? Nothing has ever happened with Pulisic that actually worried me, except for the injuries are starting to make me really hope that he's not one of these guys that just can't stay healthy. It seems like whatever abdominal injury or whatever he's got now, it seems like what we saw last year at Dortmund too, where he was, he was just kind of hurt a lot. We missed a lot of us call-ups because of it. I just want a healthy Christian Pulisic. Sure. I will, I'm, I'll, I'll finish with this one Davies and then I'm going to, and then I'm going to come back to call-ups for a second in a, in a second, but that Davies, what is it, eleven to fifteen million dollars to Bayern? That's starting to look a little bit like a bargain, isn't it, for Bayern? Oh God, yes. And you know what? He's really good at TikTok. Okay, that's that's a fact not as good noting. as Chris is with his secret TikTok. <laughs> but Alfonso Davies recreated the. Uh, Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. Police lineup scene from is it uh, Brooklyn Nine One One? Is that the Andy Samberg show? I, I believe so. It, it's he. 
he does really fantastic and funny things on TikTok. And so Alfonso Davies is not only an excellent soccer player, he's a funny guy. Brooklyn so appreciate nine, by the way, the answer is not Brooklyn 911, Brooklyn 99. So we're kind of. That, yes, I'm combining all kinds of shows. That's um, okay. You know what? It's, it's late on a Wednesday. I, I, I got you, bud. Um, but back to the call ups. Triple G did come out and say one Gio Reyna will be included on the in, in the next round of friendlies. Do you want to know something, TJ? I would love to know something, Pat. I spoke with Giovanni Reyna's former coach today and asked about him. And Raphael Wiki had nothing but glowing things to say. He's like, I don't know him as a person that well, because I only had him a handful of times. But as a player, he's one of the most technically sound players I have ever coached at that age. Glowing things to say about Giovanni Reyna. And obviously, Giovanni Reyna is now a regular starter at Dortmund, which has completely kind of reinvented itself with... Erling Holland and, and Giovanni Reina coming into the lineup there. Uh, that's, again, they are the most interesting soccer team in the world to me. Consistently, Dortmund finds a way to be the most interesting. Um, being a yeah. fan of that team is, it must be a delight, except for the losing to Bayern thing. A lot of clubs lose to Bayern. Yeah, as, Chelsea, as Chelsea or Spurs, really. That's true. But... I, 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 and I don't know who put the publication out, but I saw some of this floating around on Twitter and I, I, it made me laugh, but yet it's still out there is that, that Gio Reyna would possibly go switch over to the, to play for England, considering that's where he was born. Yeah. And his dad's got roots in Argentina too, right? But he yes. is Claudio Reyna's son and he will play for the United States. Yeah. <laughs> And I believe his mom also played for the U.S. women at one point. So he's really not going anywhere. Yeah, I don't think his I mom knew that. Danielle, Did she? His mom's Danielle Egan, who played, who um, made uh, how many appearances? Played six times for the U.S. women in 1993. I didn't realize that. That's really cool. She played. Wow. She played at UNC alongside Mia Hamm. Yeah, Christine Lilly. So it, it as if his dad, you know, being really being Captain America on the most successful U.S. National Team World Cup appearance. His mom's also played for the U.S. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. I just thought it was How funny that... How many couples are there where the the husband and the wife or the boyfriend and the girlfriend or whatever both played for the United States? Besides the Reynas, which I just learned about, and the Dwyers, which came to the top of my head as well. Sidney LaRue and, and Dom Dwyer. I'd, both. The Dwyers were the only one I could think of. But that, Are there any I others? Honestly, none. I don't know. I mean, uh, that played for the men and the women. That's a tougher question. That have both played for the women's national team. You had a few that could possibly do that. So I yes. think, right? Yes. That is, uh, that is a more likely thing. Yes. I mean, um, obviously, there's a couple of, that's both regular players with the <laughs> national team right now in, in Ali Krieger and Ashton Harris. Correct. Um, 
<laughs> but like I'm thinking about like producing children together, that type of thing. It's really only the Dwyers and the Reynas, unless there's we somebody can... we're forgetting. You know what? The, because this just came up as we're doing the show, we have not had time to research this. It sounds like something you could research in your spare time if you get the spare time to do it. But it's really, I don't think it's that pressing of an issue. Alex, I know you're not doing your homework. Tomorrow. What's that? Alex, Alex, I want an answer on this tomorrow. Tweet it to us, please. <laughs> um, we should call, we should, Alex should be the stat bureau or something, like the stat boy. The, uh, the official stat stack keeper yeah. for the minivan dad yeah yeah I, you know we've got to think of something because his harry potter magic didn't work it's true it doesn't mean it won't it could work over the summer i guess i i thought for sure it'd be this transfer window but yeah i don't know how long was it how long how many transfer windows were there before he put his magic on Polisic? it was the summer of 18 in January and, of 19, or 19. Or the summer of... Summer of 18, it was January 18, of 19 that Pulisic was correct. transferred. Correct, yes. So it was in the middle of one transfer window was the next one that I... So we're, so we're thinking Alex still has the summer transfer window before we... I think that's fair. That's fair for work, yeah. There. Okay. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Uh, yeah, Alex, look that up for us. Let us know. Yeah, there's that. Um... So what else would you like to talk about tonight? I mean, we could talk snacks. about snacks. Snacks. Oh, snacks. What else? Um, what else did you know, learn? We could, we could do MLS predictions. You know what? That's not. Yeah, that's. It is. The, it is this weekend. I guess the season starts this weekend. So, um, well, I guess. I guess realistically, you could say for some sides, it's already going with the Concacaf Champions League, which so far. All three MLS sides have made it to the to the quarterfinals in Will Atlanta, NYC, this be the Mon- year? Let's start with that. Will this be the year that one of these teams wins CONCACAF Champions League? That's a good question. That, well, wow. Um, because the team I would have the most faith in would be LAFC, and I think they go out tomorrow. Yeah. Um. Seattle's in a dogfight. That's another team I, I'm looking at. I'm just looking at who's out there. NYCFC's through. Atlanta's, Atlanta's through, through. And Montreal. And Thierry Henry. Of course. Is through. To be to be fair, the year that Montreal went to the went to the finals of the Concacaf Champions League, they were absolutely awful in league play. So I guess there really isn't a correlation necessarily between them. Yeah. Um, so. I, I, I hope that LAFC finds a way. That would be do, fun. I do think that they would be a good team. Um, as far as predictions, uh, is this the year? Had that Tigres, it probably not. Had that Tigres match gone the other way, I would have gained it. I would have been like maybe because weird yeah. stuff is happening. But when the goalie hits a 94th minute header to put you through, I don't know. It's starting to feel like it's you're char- going to happen at some point. It may be the year. I just don't feel it yet. I'm, um, not, I'm not feeling it. I guess of the of everybody. Do you have Concacaf Champions League fever? Uh, you know what? I'm watching it. It's on. It's it's 
every game has been on Fox, either um, Fox Soccer Channel, FS2, FS1. The games are on. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is great. And then do you, like, if you want to see a guy go flying in studs up and, and wreck somebody's leg, <laughs> and it only be a yellow. If, um, if a yellow card. If a yellow card, yeah. It, then you're in the right spot. I mean, it's right there for you to watch. So, And if you have... Now, what's your takes? Because before we get away from the CONCACAF Champions League, I do want to ask you about this. So NYCFC's game tonight was at Red Bull Arena. And yes. it looked like they weren't really interested in showing up. And it seems like the NYCFC fans are really ticked about having to play their games at Rebel because Yankee Stadium is I feel is being still put in for the baseball season I guess city city field's not available and this will undoubtedly be the case for the next round as well when they get to host Tigres do you think they'll find a way to find their way to Harrison for the next one and how would you feel I guess how would you feel if if the fire had to play their games I I guess that's a bad example I mean but in Bridgeview in Naperville yeah well that at so, Miller Park? Maybe. I guess for argument's sake, we'll say Miller Park. Uh, Miller, I mean, Miller Park's a 90-minute drive for a lot of us. Sure. It, it, a lot more and on a weeknight during traffic. Uh, you can get to Harrison fairly easily on that train, whatever it's called, the dart or whatever, that takes you over there. Um it's just something that, you know, it, it forget I, the I, fact that, that they okay, don't want to go. Let me, let me put it in another perspective for you because it, let's put it in this way. Let's say something came up, coronavirus infected um, like, the Emirates. So Chris, go, Chris goes there and gets somebody sick with corona. Right. And then, so then Arsenal's forced to play their games at, at Spurs New Stadium. No, see, that can't, that's, no. No, they would go somewhere else. That just isn't an option. Well, I, I get it. They probably wind up going to Wembley, but if that was the option, the only thing available, that was a reasonable facility for that for a couple of we'll just say your own belief. For argument's sake, would I go there? Yeah. Uh, if it was for an important match, yes. Okay. So it's. Red Bull Arena is very nice. It, I know that you know there's going to be people who are – there's probably two groups. There's two or three groups here. There's the I will not go see my team play in that opponent's arena people, which I think is actually a pretty small number of people. There's the that's too hard to get to on a weekday night people. But otherwise, I would love to be there, which God knows I've done with fire games. I just I would like to be there, but I just can't be there there's too much other life stuff in the way. Mm-hmm. And then the third is just the apathetic toward it, not switched on yet, not thinking about soccer or soccer, their soccer team, because it's just not season yet, which kind of happens to everybody. I think with CONCACAF's champions league, sure. To some degree. So um, I don't know. I, I think you find a way to go though. And especially with Tigres, if T, if I saw it right, Tigres is the next round, then you absolutely, I think make a, Make a point to go. I would to, hope. You, you would hope to go see G, uh, Giniac and the rest of that team. Yeah, I would. Um, okay, predictions. We started there. Let's get back there. 
Uh, do we want to do, we'll start with the fire because that's our hometown team. And I know this will be in Ruben's piece as well, um, coming out tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening. Where do you, how do you, how do you have them? We'll start there. I will start by saying I haven't the slightest idea because we have a bunch of players that I was basically unfamiliar with before this year coming in at various times and a new coach um, coaching them. So I, but I like the general vibe that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. I like the feel. And from what I saw in the galaxy game, I liked what I saw. So, um, I think that they will start a little slow. Maybe they'll beat Seattle because Seattle's playing tomorrow night. Um, but maybe they'll escape there with a win. But I think the fire in general might start a little slower. Things might get bumpy. Uh, they might pick up some momentum by the middle of the summer. And can I, I think can I, I want to, I want to jump in and throw this point at you, by the way, I read this earlier tonight and Alex, can you verify this one for us as well? As long as the fire have been in existence, when they've gone to the Pacific Northwest and the, the Cascadia games, they have a total of four points that they've they taken, and they have won never one. won up yeah. in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So if that's a bold prediction, predicting a win, by the way. So um, I, they're catching Seattle at a time when they have to split their attention. Sure. And they're playing Thursday night, and then again Sunday. That's difficult. Okay. So all right. Um, Fair enough. So if their fire are ever going to escape with a win in Seattle, I think it could be now. Um, I think that the team is making the right move by going up there and, and training for a few days, by the way. Uh, but yeah, it, I think it could be bumpy in general Okay. to start the year as everybody kind of gels. They pick up momentum in the summer. They finish a solid fourth in the East. Is what I'm predicting because I'm opt I'm an optimistic person, TJ. You you are absolutely an optimistic person. Um, and I haven't and I, I admit I haven't looked at the Nationals the only, Nationals to see where they're putting them. I feel like I'm what I'm reading oh, on 12th. Twitter. Yeah, is are There's they putting them bad. really? Is there a yeah. lot of putting them that down, that yeah. far down? I guess I have them on about the same spot they were last year. Um, right on the cusp of the playoffs. On the cusp of the playoffs, I could see them. Making it in, I could see him being one of the first teams out. I, I have that, the 7-8 middle, kind of the middle of the pack for that reason, because they have a lot of new players coming in. They have to take time to gel. However, that said, I believe if they make the playoffs, that's a team you're not going to want to play. And that's why I I, the, I think the future is optimistic for the moves they've made. I have a lot of faith in, in, the, in the, new, the, new, the new staff. But fringe playoffs... Sneaking their way in, I think is, but I could, if they were to finish fourth, I wouldn't be shocked either. I, Just anything's a, possible. Like you really don't really know. Is. You really don't. Um, do I feel they will be in contention for the wooden spoon? No, I don't feel that. No, I think they're better than that. And I don't think they're good enough to finish first. At least no, they're, I, they're not winning the shield. It's, no. Um, it's, I don't even feel, I don't even feel they're going to get the, I guess what it, what it, so the wooden spoon is the worst in the in the league. What would be the worst in the conference? I mean that that I feel like that should almost be a trophy in itself too. Probably. San so, Jose is going to win the wooden spoon. By the way, you you think of San Jose? I I, I, I still I'm, they got Walker I, Zimmerman though. 
think that helps. True. They do. You got to score goals, though. You do have to score goals, and that's why I think I feel like Nashville. I don't feel like Cincinnati. I feel like Cincinnati might be in that running yet. I'm still not sold on them. That could be, you know, that could be. Or, I don't think Orlando's Orlando was not good last year. Yeah, Orlando's a weird deal, and Cincinnati's got a whole bunch of garbage going on there with the coach getting axed I, because he's I, saying you know what, and they're still inter- and I, I hate to say it, you still have Inter Miami, which is I get it, they have some talent. They are still an expansion team. Beckham's holding on to that last DP spot for somebody. I wonder who it's going to be. We'll find out this summer, I'm sure. Some, but I, I'm thinking it's a midsummer thing, yeah. I believe they, it was announced today, speaking of Golden Ball, Team Golden Balls, they are committed. They said they will be at least the first two seasons in Fort Lauderdale, if not the third. And those that live in Florida, that are down in that area, that have been around um, Florida, South Florida soccer, said this could be a while. So three years at might least, be optimistic on at least that's a place with some soccer history instead of Yankee Stadium. But um, if you got to have a temporary home, that's probably not the worst. Um, no, it, no, not at all. So it, I think the uh, so who wins the shield? We'll start there. We'll go to that next. Stump. I you. think it will be Atlanta. Yeah. Um... LAFC is right there. Yes, they are. But, like, usually there's some kind of difference year to year. Because, mm-hmm. like, the last few years it was, this is the best team in MLS history. No, this is the best team in MLS history. We keep having the Atlanta, the, the Toronto to Atlanta to LAFC thing before LAFC got knocked off last year. And Seattle won. Um, I was going to say Seattle, there, too. Seattle's gonna, been... <laughs> What three of they've been in the finals three of the last four years or something like that? Yeah, three Would of you, them against Seattle, <laughs> um, against Toronto, against Toronto. Yeah, um, obviously one of those two teams. Michael Bradley's hurt. He's mm-hmm. old at this point. Um, Josie's getting up there. He's still got some goals in him, but I don't know if Toronto will be as good as they were they weren't great sure. last year though they snuck in and powered through kind of so correct um it's got mls is so hard i think atlanta wins the east and wins the shield lafc wins the west i'd like to say you're going not way to go out on a limb but i i really don't disagree with you i think i think atlanta wins the east because i look at the, the top of the west with la galaxy with with seattle sounders lafc um there's there's a lot. I feel like the top it's more top heavy than the west when I or the east when I look at the east I look at Atlanta, and then after that like who's next? I don't see, I I see Toronto. Union, I see Philadelphia taking a step back. Yeah, Toronto NYCFC seems like they're for a team that really didn't do a whole lot in the offseason, They at least champion they look good so far. It's right there for the fire. Right. All of the teams below. Atlanta and probably Toronto are obtainable. Sure. I guess maybe a wild card in there might be New England just because it's Bruce Arena and you never know what Bruce can pull, what magic, voodoo magic Bruce can pull. Possibly. Who wins the, uh, who wins MLS Cup? LAFC. Why not? Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
Yeah, we'll see LAFC. LAFC. We'll, we'll, might as well. Jeez. Why, are you going to agree with me? <sighs> yeah, I think so. And if you are going to put money on the, any of these picks, that might be some of the dumber things you can do, because we absolutely have... We probably <laughs> just ruined LAFC. We probably did. Yeah, if, I think yeah. you did. So I guess we put the curse of Bob Bradley out, you know, so... I hate, we'll I find hate a, predicting MLS. I hate predicting MLS. Well, you can't you can't know. And even a month into the season, you still don't know. And predict. I know I, this. All you got to do is get in. It's kind of like hockey in that regard. Kind of like any of them. You, you just need to get... The only one that really seems indicative of the best team usually winning series is the NBA. Even baseball's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. NFL sure. it's a one was one shot one you know one shot. That's you just you need to get in. Um, and you know what? And I I want to kind of and we'll wrap up with this with this little bit of segment because you said all you need to do is get in. I hate predicting MLS because it's there's no way of really predicting. You know which teams in theory should be good, but you never know how it's all going to play out. Other than we think San Jose is going to be really bad. So. Um, that's, I think, why MLS is going to continue to grow internationally is because you're going to get invested because they're in any year to year in a salary cap sport, you theoretically have a chance every year because nobody can blow. You're not going to see the spend level difference between what you see with like Man City and then, you know, down at the bottom, Southampton. So, yeah. or... Bournemouth and you know for all the the talk of the you know, the, the pro rel and this is probably its own show in itself who's all won the premier league though you, you, the, you, the premier league is the greatest league of the world but in the last 10 years who's won it man united chelsea leicester got it got it once and city city that's it i mean you're an arsenal guy do you have, do you sit there and go hmm we have a chance this year not anymore I used to I used to think that up until recently, but no. I, I think we I think when we did it we the last when we did the first couple shows this year when Arsenal seemed like they had solved their defensive problems before they decided they didn't like their coach anymore. We had a, you were you guys were optimistic for a couple of weeks, but it wasn't title winning optimistic. It was maybe third or fourth optimistic. Yeah, and it, but with them with MLS, title winning is always in there. So anyway. This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. We can be found on Stitcher, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play. Uh, at On Twitter, it's at Minivan Dad Pod. He is at Patrick McCraney. I'm at TJ Zaremba. Pat, you got any final thoughts this week? Uh, no, just excited for the MLS season to get started. All righty, and I guess my final thought for the week is Keep checking out Hot Time in Old Town if you're a Fire fan or just Chicago soccer fan. Got a lot of good stuff that's already out there, a lot more coming up. So definitely keep checking that out. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And you're done. (laughs) 